Hey everyone, this is Zach from the new Super Nerd Pals Network podcast, Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff. Before kicking off this first episode, I just want to say thanks for checking it out. This is actually my first time hosting a podcast, and as such, the first episode here is a bit rough around the edges. There's really no proper introduction. My guests and I just kind of start talking without any prelude or lead-up. I also hadn't quite nailed down the show's format yet when we recorded this back in February, and since then, it has kind of evolved a bit. Anyway, on Kingdom Hearts and Other Stuff, or Chaos as I like to call it, different guests with varying degrees of knowledge on the Kingdom Hearts series will join me each week to discuss a topic of their choosing. If they haven't played the Kingdom Hearts games, I'll try and use their topic to convince them why they should give it a shot, and if they're already a fan, we'll take a closer look at their topic as it relates to the Kingdom Hearts series. My guest here on Episode 1 is my friend Nikolai Nelson, who runs the website Watermelon Bonsai, where he covers the latest and greatest in synthwave music. He also streams video games on Twitch, also under the name Watermelon Bonsai. His topic for this first episode is video game remakes and remasters, while future episodes will focus on things like podcasts in general, the idea of innocence in Japanese pop culture, and a closer look at the character of Xehanort. Episodes will be releasing every other week on the Super Nerd Pals RSS feed, with new episodes of Super Nerd Pals airing on our off weeks. If you have any thoughts on Kingdom Hearts and other stuff, or have a topic you'd like to discuss with me and be a guest, let me know by emailing me at pals at supernerdpals.com or hit us up on Twitter at supernerdpals. You can also find me on Twitter at Zachary P. Lyons. That's at Zachary P. L Y O N S. Thanks again for listening, and may your heart be your guiding key. Have you ever heard of the paradox of the grandfather's axe? No, I have not. So. There is a paradox or a thought experiment that basically goes like this. A man has an axe. He breaks the handle of the axe, so he replaces the handle of the axe. He gives the axe to his son, who then breaks the, you know, the axe part or the blade. So he replaces the blade. The father then gives it to his son, so it is his grandfather's axe but by the time the grandson has received the axe the handle has been replaced the blade has been replaced so technically it's not the same axe as it was when his grandfather owned it Mm. now i bring this up because i was going to relate it to kingdom hearts in the sense of uh, <laughs> video game remakes and remasters, uh, in the sense that, you know, when you take a game that was on one system, like Kingdom Hearts was on PlayStation 2, and then you remaster it um, for a newer system, you know, through HD upgrades, you know, add in some new features here and there. At the end of the day, could one say that it's technically not the same game anymore? Yeah, fair enough. Like, you're playing, like, technically... uh, I've seen similar comments about how if if you run into that person from high school that you really hated, don't worry about it, because technically you're both completely different people. Not because you've grown and changed over the years, but... Because, literally, your skin cells have died and been replaced. <laughs> and you literally are not the same person you were mm-hmm. in high school. Right. And I, I kind of 
tie that into my love of retro gaming and like playing on original hardware with original games like I still have my PS2. I still have my copy of Kingdom Hearts. I mm. have an old school CRT television that I can play it on that, you know, that that system was more or less, you know, you know, retro systems were made to be played on old, well, what is now considered an old television. You you play yeah, well, that's what they were optimized for, right? Right, exactly. You you play so it makes sense that that's what they would play best on. Right. You play a lot of these old retro games uh, or consoles on a modern HD TV, and it's poorly optimized. the The image is stretched. It's not proportional. Um, I mean, obviously, the way that they get around that is through like uh, these remasters or remakes, uh, emulation, in some cases. But you know. Again, is is are are you are you like? It's kind of like the whole thing with like the the NES or the SNES Classic. Like you know, <laughs> there was that whole thing where people were like, "Oh, why would you get one of these when you could just get a Raspberry Pi and emulate?" Yeah, it? and it's like I see both sides of the argument, and uh, I I mean I own a Raspberry Pi. I have hmm. I have everything on that, but I still prefer to play on original hardware with original software, and so it's 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 a it's a nice curiosity, <clears throat> but um, at the same time, it, it's 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 not the same thing. Yeah, emulators can't always compare to the version that was made right originally, and. You know, if you really want to split hairs, the SNES Classic and the NES Classic is technically emulation anyways itself. Mm. Sure. So, I mean, that's kind of like, um, you know, they sell a lot of those, uh, uh, I don't know if you know, like, uh, the, the clone consoles, as they call them, like the, the Retron 5. Yeah, yeah. So you can play your old school carts on it, but technically, you're not playing it on original hardware. Those are runoff emulation. Like, it, mm. it, it, those systems basically rip the ROM straight from the cart that you're inserted into it, and then you're technically playing a ROM and not the actual cart. Yeah. So. So, what's, what's your take then? How do you feel about playing old games on new TVs or new hardware, ports of old games on modern consoles and stuff. I mean, well, let me ask you. Um, I, I'll get back to your question, but I'm just curious to get your thought process on this because I know, uh, I at least I assume, you played Kingdom Hearts on the original PS2 and everything. Yes. Basically, every, almost every original version I've played. And I also assume that you have gotten the HD remakes and the remasters. Yes. Yeah. How how do you think they are in comparison? I uh, I like all of them for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like I like the original because obviously I played that in two thousand two, mm -hmm. and that's what got me into the series. That's what made me fall in love with the series. Right. And 
maybe if it if it hadn't come out until now on PS4, then who's to say I would even try it out? Mm-hmm. But um, so I mean, for all of its flaws, it was still a wonderful game back then, and to have it available on the PS4 now without having to dig out a PS2, mm-hmm. or in my case, I've moved across the world from the U.S. to New Zealand. Yeah, and so my PlayStation 2 won't work on TVs here without right. the right adapters. And so, because of the PAL to NPSC and whatnot. So I'd have to get a New Zealand PS2 and a New Zealand copy of the game on PS2. Right. And it's just a big rig and roll, whereas having it on PS4 is super convenient. Right. And plus, you know, having the prettier graphics and the final mix version and all that. I mean, there's definitely pros and cons. You know, it's, it's, it's the thing where, like, you know, I... I for one reason or another, I was one of those kids who uh, their parents wouldn't like buy them the latest. Like, I, I, I the the sixteen bit era totally flew by me. Like, I, I had no part in it because my parents wouldn't buy me a Super Nintendo or a Genesis or anything. They they were like, "Well, you got the you got this Nintendo. It's you know that's fine." And it's just mm. like, no matter how much I was like, wow, this is 8 bits and that's 16 bits and like all that. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until the N64 that they finally like caved in and got that for me. Um, and, then I ended, and then I was old enough by the time the like late 90s to buy my own PlayStation. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm... And I guess that's kind of why I fell in love with retro gaming is because I always had older systems and I kept them. Sure. Like I never, I've never traded in a game. I've never traded in a console. Uh, you know, I I have a friend who was like, as soon as a new console was announced, it's like, well, get that old stuff out of here. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. And like traded it into like GameStop or wherever for as much as he could get. For the new for the new system, so I mean I understand from both from 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 both sides of the the coin where it's like you know modern day gamers with modern day equipment probably don't have access to you know a PS2. The I, I think only like the first batch of PS3s were even backwards compatible, mm. and the PS4 is obviously not backwards compatible, so. You know, not many people have access to a PS2, and not many people have access to the original copy of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense, you know, for, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, Square Enix, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It makes Kingdom Hearts 1 first came out of Squaresoft, but pretty soon it became Square Enix. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense from, uh, Obviously, it always comes down to money. It makes sense. It makes sense from a money standpoint that if you're going to keep a franchise going into more modern systems, like Kingdom Hearts three, you would find a way to bring the older games up to speed, so to say, for a new generation. Yeah. And Kingdom Hearts as a series, especially, is a bit uh, was a bit in need of that because of how many t- consoles. They were spread across. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts 1, PS2, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, Game Boy Advance. Right. But, like, just there, the the 1.5, basically, the bridge between 1 and 2. two uh, One was on PS2 exclusive, and 
Chain of Memories was exclusive to the Nintendo handheld. How did that make sense? But then, 2 was on PS2, and Chain of Memories got ported to PS2 a couple years later. And then there's 358 over 2 days on the DS, and then there's Birth by Sleep on the PSP, and then Recoded ported to the DS, originally only available as a mobile phone app in Japan, never came stateside, and that was like when games on phones were first becoming a thing, so the Japanese game was actually nearly unplayable, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it wasn't meant to have story at first, so I'm uh, getting sidetracked. But yeah, so there's PS2, Game Boy Advance, DS, PSP, Dream Drop Distance on 3DS, and basically every time a new Kingdom Hearts game came out, you had to buy new hardware in order to play it. Right. Which is why so many people were like, I'm only playing the numbered titles because those were the only ones that went on to home consoles. Mm-hmm. And when there's like five side games, not spinoffs because they're still important, but when there's five side games on different consoles or on different hardware, then who's got the money to do that, you know? Right. And uh, I, 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 yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that goes back to my point about, like, yeah, a lot of, like, who has the time and the money to go back, get all these old consoles and handhelds, and then get all the original copies of all these games. So, I mean, yeah, from that standpoint, uh, you know, it makes sense to just sort of package it all, all as one, um, like, like that. I mean... I don't know how well you know, like, the development process in terms of, like, uh, like, you know, I, I, I figure from what little I know that it, they, like, up-res the graphics and made it run better and such. Yeah. Like, were there any, like, really major changes? Like, did they change, like, any... Oh, like, yeah. Like... Yeah, there are heaps. Um, one of the big things for the West, at least, was the final mix versions of Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. Because when they originally released, there was just Kingdom Hearts in Japan, and then Kingdom Hearts in the States and Europe and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. But then, like a year after Kingdom Hearts released in Japan, they released a final mix version, which was basically including content that they had to cut to get it out on time. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a couple extra boss battles, some different enemy color skins and stuff like that. New Keyblades. Um, so there were extra things that they just had cut from the original version, and that was the final mix. Like, there were even extra cutscenes that teased the future of the franchise. But those never came stateside. So it went Kingdom Hearts released in Japan, Kingdom Hearts released out west, and then Kingdom Hearts Final Mix got released in Japan, and that was it. And then they move on to the next game. Mm-hmm. So that was like the bane of Kingdom Hearts fans for years was that we never saw the final mix editions. If we wanted to see those cutscenes, we just have to watch videos online. Right. And because this was 2002 to 2005, all the resolution wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you can still look up those videos on YouTube and they're just, it's appalling how different it is to nowadays. Well, I mean, yeah. But, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that's alright. Um, go ahead. Oh well, I I don't want to go down like a really long rabbit hole here on 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 you, but like, um, that's something that I've been dealing with a lot lately. Is um, you know, and again, it goes back to like you said, not everyone has the time or the money to 
dole out um, either or to get the best, uh, you know, to play older stuff. Like, mm. yeah, a lot of the older games uh, systems, they mostly ran off of uh, composite, which is the uh, which is well known for being the uh, the yellow, the red, and the uh, white sure, plugs. Sure. And again, like we I, like I said, we said before, though that worked fine back in the day on a CRT television because that's all you had, and they were made for each other. Mm. You plug them into an HD TV. Yeah, at the time, it looked great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we didn't know any you better. Go, you go back and look at some other PS2 games, like when you compare. Oh, I guess I was thinking PS1 games like Parasite Eve and Crash Bandicoot, but like still, you look at other PS2 games and they look pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm pretty blocky still but like considering the jump in quality from playstation 1 to playstation 2 like yeah consider final fantasy 7 8 and 9 and then seeing characters like cloud and squall mm-hmm. in kingdom hearts like it's night and day how much better that looks and that was one of the big draws of seeing beloved characters in that right yeah so fully realized <clears throat> yeah but uh, you know it's like you go and you make the jump from composite uh, to HDMI as everything is nowadays, like you try to play a, you know, not to repeat myself, but you you try to play an old composite console on a HD TV and it ain't gonna look look the same, right? So it, it's 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 definitely a a thing of um. No, I, I I understand why they did like. How, I mean, I've never played it, so I kind of lost my train of thought here. That's um, okay. That's the best of us. But I mean, like, like how do you feel the game looks now on PS4, like from a graphical standpoint? It's it's interesting because. Obviously, I think it looks a lot better uh, than it did on PS2, but you have this memory in your head of when you played it 15 years ago, mm-hmm. of any game you know, that you played when you were a kid. Right. And so you remember environments, you remember characters, you remember set pieces. And so a lot of times when I play remasters, if I haven't recently looked at the original, I think, well, this looks pretty similar. It's not unless I see like a side-by-side or overlaid comparison that I'm like, oh my god. That's so different. Right. So it's it's really interesting because you remember them so vividly in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe you'll notice that the colors bright are, uh, pop a bit brighter. Yeah. But uh, I think it was when I first saw a comparison of Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts 1 on the HD collection that I was like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, there... But, there are, like, certain things you can sort of do, which is uh, something that I've been putting a lot of time and money in recently, where you can make older consoles look better. Um, not exactly HD TV quality, but, um, you know, better than composite. Um, mm-hmm. But again, that's that's a whole other rabbit hole to, to, sure, to, sure. to go down. Like I said, no, not... <laughs> Not many people have the time, the money, or the dedication to do that. So, you know, again, I yeah. I understand remakes and remasters, but, you know, they're not all built the same. So, 
I mean, again, I, I'm I'm kind of blind in the woods here in terms of like really talking about um, the Kingdom Hearts ones, um, yeah. but. Well, from my ex- own experiences with HD remakes, remasters, what what have you, um, I mean, one of the worst ones that I unfortunately had the 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 the, the miss uh, misfortune. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> of buying and playing was uh, the Silent Hill HD collection. I don't think I've heard a single good thing about that. No, it was... If I remember the story correctly, they... Konami, being the terrible company that they are, um, or, you know, now... Sure, sure. um, They didn't save, or they lost, the code for the final build of the games. Oh... So they had to use an older build and sort of, like, build off of that to, like, you know, have it sort of match the final build of the older games. Wow. Um, That's rough. So, and then they tried to, like, upscale it um, in such a way that it became, like, badly optimized. And um, in, in, in their infinite wisdom, which, again, I don't understand, maybe they felt like they had to justify... Um, doing uh, this remake or remaster, um, they did a whole new voiceovers for for the games, mm. and they were not good. <laughs> like it, it, it's it, you know, it's like I had this conversation actually with a friend of mine uh, last night, and I think um, you could appreciate this comparison as well. It's like when you get so used to watching an anime that has a character who's voiced by a certain voice actor. Oh, I know where you're going. And then they come out with a new series or season or whatever. Or arc or yeah. whatever. And that, the, that character who you've become so attached to their voice is suddenly voiced by a new voice actor or actress. Yep. And it yep. just takes it takes you out of it. I mean, and then up until that point is like your favorite part, mm-hmm. and then after that you're like, oh, it's still good, I guess. Yeah, it's not the same. So, needless to say, I mean, even though you there was an option for you to use the old voiceovers in the Silent Hill collection, it was mm. it was still a buggy mess, and I be- sure. I believe they patched the PS3 version. But they never patched the 360 version, which is the one I bought, of course. Wow. That seems sloppy. <laughs> yeah, well, again, Konami. So, yeah, to, yeah. To, to bring this back around, um, I, you know, I know Squ- Square Enix has their hang-ups as well, but I, I assume they handled this remaster a little bit better than Konami. Like, um, yeah. did they do any sort of, like, uh, redubbing or like any sort of new voice work or uh, a little bit. The the interesting thing is because Kingdom Hearts one was made in two thousand two, mm-hmm. and Sora main character is voiced by Haley Joel Osment, who at the time was still you know popular for being the cute kid in the Sixth Sense, right? And not much else, but like that's what he was known for. And he was still young, and he was like Sora's age, and he hadn't quite gone all the way through puberty, so he still had a kid's voice. 
And then in between the 2002 release of Kingdom Hearts and the 2006 release of Kingdom Hearts 2, those four years made a big difference, and he sounded completely different. Mm-hmm. And so when Kingdom Hearts 1.5 came out, the HD collection on PS3, in like 2012 or 13, mm-hmm. uh, they did have those extra Final Mix cutscenes that they translated to English for the first time. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of them that they opted to just have bubbles, like speech bubbles, because uh, the games did have speech bubbles when it wasn't cutscenes, and that's fine. Right. So it didn't really take you out too much. Yeah. But other times, it was just adult Haley Joel's trying best to recreate <laughs> Kid Sora's voice, and it's a bit jarring. So Credit it, to him, it's still the same voice actor instead of trying to someone who sounds alike. Right. But... It, it, you can definitely tell that it wasn't recorded in the same decade. So it, it'd, be, it'd be like talking like this, or they're talking like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, I could uh, get further into that because there's two characters voiced by Haley Joel Osment, a good guy and a bad guy. In Kingdom Hearts, in the most recent trailer, there's a scene where they share a scene. Mm-hmm. and uh, But it's in Japanese, so it's not... As uh, obvious to me, but that's going to be a really interesting scene because it'll be Haley Joel doing his bright and happy Sora voice and him doing his Vanitas, oh, I'm dark and mysterious voice, and that's going to be kind of strange. That was my next question, actually. <laughs> actually, is 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 he is he still playing Sora? Yeah, well, I mean, I assume so. He has in literally every game to date. Uh, he, it's even in all the side games where he's got one line or two lines, he still is Haley Osment. Right. And even up until last year when they released 2.8 and they had him in for like a couple new scenes at the end of the 0.2, mm-hmm. it's still Haley Osment. So I would be shocked and appalled and probably super disappointed if he wasn't back for three. Right. It would, it would be basically going back to the anime analogy of changing. Yeah, exactly. I like mean, for all the goodwill that I'm uh, accruing, or that KH3 is accruing with me from all the trailers and updates, mm-hmm. like I'm super hyped for it. If they said Haley Jawsman was a good be Sora, I would be like, I think that would take a lot of it out of me for, for that game. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm I, well. I'm gonna sound. I'm gonna sound. I'm gonna sound mean, no matter how how I how I <laughs> how, how how I put it like this. But you know. I mean, unless I look up his IMDb page right now, I mean, what mm. else? What else has he got going for him right now? You know? Oh yeah, he's he's done a lot of indie stuff, and he's guest spotted on some TV shows that I haven't seen. But right. yeah, he he does his own thing basically. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel bad for him because I think he I think he definitely fell into the 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 child actor trap where it's like sure it's like hey, you were in the Sixth Sense and that was a big deal, and oh hey, you uh. Wait, no, I have to stop myself because I always get him, him confused with the kid who played young Anakin in, in episode one. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I shouldn't know his name, but I... Jake Lloyd? Yes. That's the one. I do know his name. Yeah. Uh, looking back in, in my mind's eye, seeing them both as kids, I can I can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally always get those two confused. Funny. So, I'm glad I stopped probably, myself. <laughs> probably the only reason I don't get them confused is because I'm so familiar with the King of Hearts series. Right. I mean, fair enough. 
you know, in those days when you're bored and just looking up information about your favorite game, mm-hmm. you start looking at the voice actors' IMDb pages and seeing what else they've done. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, if, I, before I was talking about going down a rabbit hole, but, you know... Yeah, now we've got down another one. Well, no, I was going to say, I can only imagine what kind of rabbit hole a uh, Kingdom Hearts wiki uh, is, is, is... Oh, is, sure. <laughs> Yo, when you have voices throughout the series like Mark Hamill and Leonard Nimoy, mm-hmm. people that also people that have been in, like, Buffy and Charmed and uh, Ailey Dawesmond, or Hayden Penetier... Lance Bass. Lance Bass is Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts 1. Yep, that's always a good one. <laughs> who played... Like say, who, big who, rabbit hole. Who played Sephiroth in, like, the second one, or... Uh, I forget. Um, I can find out. One moment. I mean, I, I know he didn't return to play him again. Yeah. A uh, gentleman called George Newborn. Oh. Newborn. Newborn. Never heard of yeah, him. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he is Sephiroth. Okay. Not one. <laughs> I'm I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's basically Sephiroth in every uh, officially licensed Final Fantasy media, it looks like. Crisis Core, Dissidia, Dissidia Duodecim, Dissidia NT. Anytime stuff brought this voice since 2006 has been this guy. Oh, okay. I guess George Newbern. I guess Lance Bass really missed out on that sweet Sethroff money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know uh, what he's up to these days, but he ain't yeah, Sethroff. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, looping back around to the the pros and cons of the remasters and remakes mm-hmm. i think one of the biggest disappointments for the king hearts remasters is that there are a couple of games that just aren't there as games mm-hmm. the uh, ds games 358 over two days and recoded those were both remade for 1.5 and 2.5 respectively as hd cinematic movies which on one hand is really cool because it's like watching an hour and a half two hours or maybe more, worth of cutscenes, both uh, cutscenes from the original games, upscaled and redone for HD, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as extra scenes that were, like, gameplay. So instead of watching the game, it might have, like, a... It might fade to a dark screen and have a caption of saying, this is what they did. They went on a mission, and they killed these enemies. (laughs) And then it'll have the next cutscene start. Like, in, in lieu of the gameplay, where you go out on missions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, and on one hand, it's really neat that they still included them, even though the ports would have been too difficult with the double screens and stuff. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the 3DS game, Dream Drop Distance, was still able to be ported onto PS4 and HD'd. And they did that fine. So I don't understand quite why they didn't, why they weren't able to do it with days and recoded i don't know if it was a time constraint thing or what but um the convenience of not having to watch play two more games if you're trying to catch up is nice because you can just watch the movies and recoded on its own like i said it was a phone game that in japan that was only in japan and got ported to the ds in the states with shoehorned in ridiculously stupid 
even by Kingdom Hearts standards, story <laughs> that like has barely been any kind of important. Like it's not important except for two scenes that you unlock at the ending. Right. Um, so I can see why people wouldn't want to play a game like that. But on the other hand, that means that those games are basically lost to the consoles they originally on. So unless you have a DS mm-hmm. or a 3DS, I can play DS games or, um, then you're not going to be able to play those original games. Right. So if you want the full experience, and to me, I really enjoyed 358 over two days. It's got kind of divisive. Some people love it, some people don't. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed it, and I'm bummed that I can't play it on PS3, PS4 with the upscaled graphics, because I would love to. Yeah, but... I, think, I, I think that's uh, certainly another consideration. I mean, especially someone like me who loves video games. He loves retro games. Um, mm. I buy them. I collect them. I try to preserve them in, in, in a way. I mean, my day job, I'm an archivist, uh, an archivist, if you will. Um, mm. And so, like, my dream, if, if, if I have one at this point, in life is to combine that love together and become like a video game uh, archivist. And uh, mm. I, I think I think you hit a, hit an interesting nail on the head. And again, it, it kind of goes back to what I said before: is like, yeah, not everyone has the time to go back and play original games on original hardware. But there's definitely a loss in translation, like. Yeah, if you play something that's emulated, you're going to lose the feeling of playing it, you know, as it was intended or as it was originally done. And Mm. if you have a remake or a remaster or whatever you want to call it that comes out and it's missing features that the original had, even, even if it adds new features, it's still missing features that the original had. So... You're definitely lo- you're losing out on the experience like like you said it's just like someone who may never have access to the original will never will technically never play the original now mm. and it's also relevant with chain of memories because like i said that was originally released on game boy advance and then a few years later got ported to the ps2 mm-hmm. and that's kind of like trying to port the ds games to the ps3 ps4 it's like it wasn't just the rescale because there was pixel art, there was pixel graphics, because it was on a Game Boy. Right. But and they totally remade it with like the Kingdom Hearts one and two engine, mm-hmm. like use those models, use those uh, environments and stuff. Just you know, tweaked them for the purpose of uh, how the other game, how Chain of Memories was set up. But they were able to reuse a lot of the assets from the PS2 games to remake uh, Rechain of Memories on PS2. But again, you lose so much. Like, the art style is totally different when you go from uh, 3D models to uh, pixel sprites. And oh, yeah. it lost a lot of the charm. Like, obviously, I like the standard Kingdom Hearts style, but mm-hmm. there's so much charm in the pixel art. Like, the DS games, they're still handheld, but they, they still maintain the 3D aesthetic from the PS2 games. Mm-hmm. But the, the pixel art from Ch- original release of Chain of Memories is just so nice to look at. Right. And that's not there when it's remade because it's in 3d now. And so I'm glad that I still have all those original games on the original systems. Yeah. I'm trying to think, uh, I forget which one it was. I know there was a big controversy over it. Um, 
I want to say it was like Final Fantasy 4 or 5. They mm-hmm. released like a like I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if it was a remake, um, but it was like a. Re- I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was a remaster. Yes, it was on Steam, and the decisions they went with the art was just like terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was Final Fantasy V. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. I, fi- I figured you would. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, on, on the one end, I understand remaking a game and giving it a fresh coat of paint for the more uh, modern um, bent, but at the same time, it's just like, sometimes that's not the answer. Like, sometimes you should just keep it as it was there was nothing wrong with the uh, original art like yeah maybe when you blow up pixel art um from one resolution to another it might not look as pleasing um Mm. but i think a lot of uh pseudo retro games especially uh, that have come out in the past few years um and i say pseudo retro because like uh, I'm talking about games like uh, Shovel Knight, which have that like sure. retro feel with the sp- sprite graphics, but you know they're optimized for modern displays. Yeah, and I feel like if you're gonna remake uh, an old sprite-based game, like either you know go big or go home. It's like um, I know they remade a lot of the earlier Final Fantasies, like um, 1 and 2 or something, where they like had like 3D graphics on the DS or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, that I can understand, but like, and again, uh, for, any, for, for anyone that may be listening to this, <laughs> um, you know, it's hard to describe exactly how bad the Final Fantasy V remake is images are yeah yeah it's like going it's like if they took the pixel art sprites and smoothed them out and like every bit that was a red sprite or that was a red pixel is like colored in like if you're using ms paint yeah and there's a block and you just use the paint fill mm-hmm. that's kind of what it looks like yeah and so there's like if it, it, from what i recall i haven't looked at it since basically the controversy of its release but uh but I recall it being like that. It just looked so bad, and it lost the charm, and it looked rubbish. Yeah. I'm sure it ran fine, mm-hmm. but it, it did not have the same nice feeling and look that it had when it was pixel art. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because uh, obviously that's a, that's a Square Enix game. So it, it, it kind of goes to show that they sort of have... Uh, you know they can do it right and they can do it wrong. It, it uh, I guess it all depends. Yeah. On... Uh, another good example I think is uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, which isn't out yet. But have you seen much about that? No, I haven't. Dragon Quest Eleven is coming out on both the PS4 and the 3DS. Strange combination. Mm. But uh, they're going to have different features. They're going to be same game, same story, as far as I understand. But uh, they're going to have different. Uh, play styles mm-hmm. like you can play them either i don't know if it's one is for ps4 and one is for 3ds or both will have both options but they've shown off screenshots and gameplay of 
the game being completely made in two different styles. One is a modern 3D open world look, and the other is the classic RPG original Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy style, like, not pixel art, but uh, top-down. Okay. And if you look at the the details, like, you know how if you're looking at a Final Fantasy town and you see an inn next to a weapon shop, and in front of them there's a clay pot and a chest. Mm-hmm. You know, just imagine that. Right. They've got that basic setup, but, like, in modern graphics, still top-down, still moves and looks like a, a 8-bit, 16-bit game, but with modern graphics, but in that viewpoint. And then if you look at the same scene in the 3D version, the modern 3D version, you still got the inn right next to the weapon shop. The pot and the chest are still in the same place in front of them. It's just a 3D world that you can, like, walk around and explore more. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous. Like, both versions look ridiculously good, and it's such a unique idea to release the same game with two formats like that, mm-hmm. or two viewpoints, and it shows, and that's Square Enix too. That's the Enix side of Square Enix, and it shows that they're capable of doing things like that competently and impressively. Right. It's just, that's a new game, I think, is their viewpoint, as opposed to a game from 1992 or whatever, whenever Final Fantasy V was originally released. Right. So. Now, not to get too far away from Kingdom Hearts. Sure. But to... It's I, not just about Kingdom Hearts. It's Kingdom Hearts and other stuff, so it's okay. Right, and I'm gonna I'm go, I'm gonna do what I sometimes am pretty good at is I'm gonna segue into another topic by taking things that we've been talking about and segueing into it. So perfect. You know, we're talking about remakes. We're talking about remasters. We talked about Sethroth earlier. You can probably see where I'm already <laughs> going with this. Mm-hmm. What do you? How like? How you feeling about the Final Fantasy VII remake? Um, I was cautiously optimistic. I'm more on the cautious side currently, mm-hmm. but I, I flip flop frequently. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not really that much information out there, really. I mean, yeah, and so much of what's out there has been blown up and taken out of context and. Uh, misinterpreted like you read an interview and that's the straight translation and then you see five different sites removed have uh reported it from each other and had their own take on it and by the end of it it's like a game of telephone and people have got all effects wrong right it's just a bit and so a lot of misinformation as far as i understand after they announced it they had the six month wait period between e3 and december that year and then they showed off gameplay and people were blown away and they told they announced who they were working with to help make it, CyberConnect2. But then the next year, they were having problems with CyberConnect2. Their visions were different. How they were making it wasn't how they wanted it made or something. And they parted ways with them for whatever reason. Now, and so they moved all the development in-house at Square Enix mm-hmm. as opposed to with CyberConnect2. So, so basically from there, they had to kind of start over. Mm-hmm. Not entirely, but they just they had to take a big step back there. Mm. It's kind of tying into Kingdom Hearts, like Kingdom Hearts 3, when they announced it in 2015, they had some, you know, an initial teaser video, and they were working on one engine, and then a year and a half in, they switched to Unreal Engine 4, so they basically had to redo everything they had in Unreal Engine. So that's why Kingdom Hearts has taken so long, because 
they've had to they've had internal changes that have caused major setbacks. I mean, I I assume um, I mean I I assume you probably know a lot more than I do. Um, sure. But I I've heard again, and they, these might just be rumors. You know, speaking of rumors that get out of hand. But I mean, I I've heard how like uh, you know. Obviously, Final Fantasy fifteen took a long ass time, um, mm. and like, how much do you really know? Like, how much like the development of one has affected the other? Because I've heard like, for like the development team that did Final Fantasy fifteen and Kingdom Hearts three and Final Fantasy seven, they've kind of like stolen like people like they've like restructured like to be like, all right, now everyone work on this. Well, I know everyone now work on this, and then it's just like. Right. And it's kind of like... Um, I'm just looking up real quick which business division of Square Enix is working on each one. Because Square Enix has a lot of business divisions. Like, Business Division 2, BD2, I'm pretty sure is the one that makes the more, like, uh, modern throwback games. Things like the uh, Bravely Default, Lust Sphere, I Am Cessna. Things that, like, call back to RPG days of old. Mm-hmm. that are still Square Enix. Those are all like BD2. Uh, looks like Kingdom Hearts 3 is Business Division 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake is Business Division 1. So okay. they're different. They're both done by different parts of Square Enix. Okay. Uh, which means they have different development teams. There's some overlap like Tetsuya Nomura is the director of both games mm-hmm. and there might be some writers or some producers or something that are overlapping and overseeing both of them but for the most part they both got their own development teams and writing teams and whatnot okay so there should not be like the the delays internally that have affected kingdom hearts 3 should not have had an effect on final fantasy 7 um it's just that they have both had their own separate individual internal struggles and setbacks right so I mean, it's combined with the fact that Square Enix has a bad habit of announcing games way too early. Yeah. And, like, after they first announced Kingdom Hearts 3, Tetsuya Nomura came out and said in an interview, it's probably too early, we probably should have waited a year or two before announcing this, but fans have been begging for anything, and so we just want to tell them, yes, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like Final Fantasy VII Remake, too. Like, they announced that because, like, if you look at the script for the first trailer where they're like, uh, finally, the promise has been made. Yeah. Uh, you know, it may bring set. It may bring joy. It may bring fear. But let us embrace whatever it brings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's exactly what's happened. People have been overjoyed by it because it's happening, and they're not going to have to play Lego Final Fantasy VII anymore. You know, essentially. Right. Yeah. And they can play a modern Final Fantasy VII. But then there's it may bring fear. Oh, it's going to be quote-unquote episodic or split into parts what's up with that oh you're gonna change it from turn-based to action-based battle system what's up with that and like it's just uh they knew that it was going to get a lot of criticism and a lot of uncertainty going Mm -hmm. in and i thought that concert trailer is great the only problem is that that announcement trailer is three years ago two and a half years ago now this june will be three years wow and literally we haven't seen anything since december 2015 aside from a couple screenshots yeah um so it's and it part it's because they were focusing on final fantasy 15 for promotion mm-hmm. and now they're focusing on kingdom hearts 3 because those are like their big titles yeah. so it's expected that after kingdom hearts 3 releases this year 
uh, provided it doesn't get pushed back, then next year the focus should hopefully be on part one of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about, uh, I mean, you kind of know where I stand on Final Fantasy VII. I don't hate the game, but I don't see it in the same light as a lot of people did because it wasn't... Sure. I, I don't really have an emotional attachment to it. Um, but I am I am worried about it, not not so much in terms of um, how fans will react because when you overhype anything and it takes a long time for it to come out, much like Final Fantasy fifteen, you're gonna have people who are gonna be on both sides of the fence no matter what. Oh sure. Um, but I'm just worried about like if they if they roll out if it is episodic and they roll out episode one. How long is it going to take till episode two? Yeah, I think my mindset, I'm imagining in my mind, if it's going to be broken down in three parts, it's going to be kind of like the Final Fantasy thirteen saga, where mm-hmm. it was like two years in between each one. And that's reasonable. And it's not unreasonable to think that, even though it's taking this long for episode one or part one or whatever. Right. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that it, the development periods of the uh, succeeding parts will take less time because they've already got all the character assets mm-hmm. save for like some bosses or whatever right like i'm imagining in my mind uh when final fantasy 7 first released it was on three discs and it, they've said allegedly that it's supposed to release the remake in three parts right so i'm seeing it as broken up where the discs break up mm-hmm. and disc one doesn't stop until you've already got your entire party um so You've got all the main characters. You've been introduced to the bad guys. Like, the supporting cast is kind of there. So, again, you've got the models. So, really, you're just making the new environments, the new scenarios. But the hard yards, I think, by the time they've got the first part, will be done. It's just completing the new stuff for the second and third parts. Right. So, I think getting to the first part of the remake is the big hurdle. Mm -hmm. Once they've once they've uh, covered that, then it's going to be a bit more smooth sailing. Yeah. The The biggest hurdle after that will be, well, if part one doesn't come out till 2019, how many years old is the PS4 by then? And so if right. it's not until 2021 for part two and 2023 for part three, then they're going to be porting it over to PS5 and wanting to redo it. And that was the problem that Final Fantasy versus 13 had is start on PS3, years of development hell, and then by the time they finally had it come around and they changed Final Fantasy 15, they had to change PS4 hardware and Xbox One hardware, and the console jumps don't help. Right. and that, um, that, So it's, that's uh, the next big worry, is if it takes too long, then they'll be wanting to work on PS5 instead of PS4. Right, and I, I think that kind of falls into line with what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, you're going to have a lot of people who ain't going to hold on to their old console. Yeah, exactly. So. That's why, bringing it back to Kingdom Hearts, that's why they first released Kingdom Hearts 1.5 on PS3. And mm-hmm. then a year later, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 on PS3, even though PS4 had launched at that time. Right. But then another year and a half later, like last year, they released 2.8, which was the final compilation on PS4. And then a couple months later, they brought 1.5 2.5 in a pack together. So you've got six Kingdom Hearts titles all together for like 40, 50 bucks on PS4. So now the entire saga is playable on PS4, aside from the mobile game. Right. But we won't get into that because that's a whole other rebel. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, but that's that's supplemental as opposed to necessary. Yeah. All the games in the set are necessary to understand three. I mean, I think uh, with the uh, the switch, uh, just as a example, it's like you already see how like Nintendo's going kind of port crazy with their porting all the Wii U games to the Switch. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that let's say theoretically. Final Fantasy VII Episode One comes out on the PS4, and then they eventually have to port it to the PS5 or whatever. I, right. I feel like they could probably do that easy enough. Maybe I don't know. Sure. I would. I would be inclined to agree. But. But yeah, they. Uh, like you said, they they have to come out with the first episode first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the big hurdle. That's the big question mark. And once they get there, it'll be a bit better. I think. Yeah, and and it's hard because I don't think anyone can ever really um I don't think anyone ever really knows how long a console's life is going to be. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're still releasing some PS3 and Xbox 360 games. Oh, yeah. PS2 games were still releasing when the PS4 launched. Right. Not many, but like things like like, Just Dance, every year, the new Just Dance game would keep coming out for Wii. Right. Like, original Wii. Yeah. When the Switch was out. Like, last year's Just Dance game came out on the original Wii. Right. And things like FIFA would keep coming out for PS2. I think in the last year, they finally stopped with PS2 because PlayStation 2s have ceased production a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing that they were still being made at all. Yeah. I mean, so obviously someone's spying them. Or they wouldn't make them. Maybe it's not that the PS2s are still being made, but more that the games are still being made for them. The system was still being supported in some way. Right. I could be a bit mixed up. But in any case, it's still impressive and consoles. Yeah, I mean, they go hand in hand. Uh, I, I think it's like a sim- sim- symbiotic relationship where it's just like, well, I guess we'll keep making them because people keep buying and making games for them. And it's like, well, I guess we'll keep mm. make, making games because they keep making the console and buying them. So, yeah, well, I, I guess once one gives, the other has to basically give in as well. So, sure. Uh, so I think we should probably wrap things up. Yeah. Uh, what, at the end of the day, what do you think? Do you like remasters and remakes? Do you think they're good? Do you think they're bad? Do you think there's a bit of gray area? Um, I I don't want to go off on too much of another long tangent, but I w- but uh, one thing I just wanted to say real quick was uh, you know I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you you know um, we you know I we both have our franchises that we love you 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 big in the Kingdom Hearts you're big into Final Fantasy. Um, you know, my franchise of choice, if I had to pick one, would certainly have to be uh, probably the big one is Resident Evil. And, Saw that coming. <laughs> yep. And uh, they announced a Resident Evil 2 remake about a year or two at this point. Um, and much like 7, it's got a lot of people polarized and they're being like, I'll say one thing about Capcom they're very good at hiding things and they're very yeah. they're very good at being vague on purpose <laughs> like you know no one knows 
if this remake, if this Resident Evil 2 remake is going to be like the Resident Evil 1 remake, where it's essentially the same game, just like, you know, the the graphics like have been redone and everything. Right. So some people have spe- uh, have speculated that it could be like an over the shoulder view, like Resident Evil 4 was, or Resident Evil 5 or 6. There are some people who are saying because Resident Evil 7 actually did so surprisingly well that it could be a first-person game. And so you've got a lot of different camps who, like uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, you know, it's no one knows what to expect, and it's it's made a lot of people excited, but it's made a lot of people really nervous. Mm. So, you know, count me in the same situation you're in like i said cautiously optimistic airing on the side of caution yes (laughs) um but to 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 answer your question much more directly um as someone that takes the time takes the effort and has the means to own a lot of old games and a lot of old consoles I do tend to not buy a lot of remakes or remasters just because I own the originals and that's Mm. good enough for me. But at the same time, I understand that it's not so good for the majority. Like I understand that I'm as a retro gamer, I'm in the minority. And so if a remake or a remaster allows someone um, newer to a franchise or a game to experience that game then you know all the power to them and that's great as long as that remake or remaster does a good job in keeping the spirit of the original alive so sure it's it's really on a case-by-case basis for me like i said the the silent hill remake remaster was terrible um, mm. actually, um, talking about the Resident Evil 1 remake, I consider that to be one of the greatest remakes in video games. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Fair enough. I think my opinion is that I don't have a problem with remakes and remasters so long as they're not taking away from new things. Right. Like if you've got people who could have been working on Resident Evil 7 that were instead of working on remaking Resident Evil 1. Well, Resident Evil 7, it was still a great game. Nothing mm-hmm. against it at all. I'm just saying, like, potentially it could have come out sooner or it could have had more content if people from one were, the one remake were working on 7. Right. I think because those were both heralded as really well done, that's probably not the case. But right. in the case of Spurgeon, like we were saying earlier, there tends to be a bit of overlap. So mm-hmm. that's why this is why Kingdom Hearts took so long is because Kingdom Hearts 3 took so long to get underway is because the same, Nomura's main team were working on Versus 13 for so long until they shifted directors and uh, put Tabata in charge of Final Fantasy 15. And then Nomura and his main team were free to work on Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, Final Fantasy 7 hasn't affected Kingdom Hearts or vice versa, but it was Final Fantasy 15 that affected Kingdom Hearts 3's right. long wait. Anyway, um, I think remakes and remasters are fine. It like you say, allows new generations to get into older games and give them a go. Uh, and also, the old ones still exist. 
right. a remake does not negate the old one. It might be difficult to track down depending on what it is or the hardware to play it on. Um, but you can go on eBay and buy a PS2 for probably 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And you can probably go on eBay and buy a used copy of Kingdom Hearts 1 Greatest Hits Edition for 15, 20 bucks. You know, if you're not, if you're looking for black label, first print, still in the box, that's going to run you a lot. But if you're not a collector, you just want to play the old games for the sake of playing the old games, you can get them for affordable prices. Right. And you can get the means to play them for affordable prices. Yeah. And so, like, people complaining about the Final Fantasy VII remake changing too much, the original is still there. I still love Final Fantasy VII, the original. I still go back and play it every couple of years and enjoy the heck out of it. And Final Fantasy VII Remake's not going to negate that. So I am excited to play it, whatever happens with it. It brings me fear, it brings me joy, but I'm embracing what it's going to bring because Final Fantasy VII is always going to be there. Right. And so. as, as, as a quick aside... I think that's a great thing to say about just about anything that has been remade, you know. Exactly. And that's a whole other bag of a bag of worms right there. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, the original ain't going away. So yeah, it's still going to be there. It's just the new one or the remake remaster is opening up doors for other people. Right. <clears throat> So, with that, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yep. I appreciate you hanging out and chatting with me. Hey, no problem, man. Where, where can people find you? Uh, if you want to know more about Nikolai. Well, um, you know, speaking of retro gaming and how I'm all about that, uh, I do stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash watermelonbonsai. Um, you can find me at... Uh, on Twitter at WTRMLN Bonsai. Uh, so I'm on Facebook and uh, have a website, watermelonbonsai.com. YouTube account as well. Um, but, you know, you can find that out through all the th- social sure. social drops I just gave you. So Everywhere um, you go is linked to everywhere else, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like I said, I'm all about retro gaming. and So I... I getting into streaming and let's plays and such for retro games and i just love talking about it and playing them so brilliant well uh thank you this has been kingdom hearts and other stuff episode one we'll see you next time